Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. We are so happy you could join us. Next, you will be hearing a message from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. To learn more about the Lighthouse, visit their website at grenadachurch.com. Now, on to the message. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 1. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead as appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. God, we live in uncertain times and evil times, but we serve a certain God, a good God. Lord, you're wonderful to us. You've blessed us many times over, Lord. And I just pray your hand will continue to stay up on us as we preach this word, as we stand up in the evil generation, God, and declare the truth of your word that is Christ and him crucified. God, continue to open up doors on the radio and here locally. Keep your hand of protection on us and bless our members, Lord. Bless our families, God, that we need their help in these last days to carry this mantle alone, Lord, to carry this gospel forward. Lord, if you should tarry, I pray you would send others behind us, God, to pick up that mantle and keep this glorious message going, God, to your return. And we ask it all in Jesus' name, and we say amen. And if you believe, you don't have to answer this out loud, just you can answer it within yourself, but do you really believe that this is the last days? You really believe, I mean, do you believe that the, God's word is true and that it's truth and that we are living in the last days? And I would say that I, I feel confident everybody under the sound of my breath in this sanctuary. You've been, I know most of you here that you believe that. You believe we're living in the last days. So if we believe that, we have to be about some things in these last days. And the main function that we have as a church is, and I'm not demeaning this thing, but it's not to hand out water bottles. It's not to pay people's electricity bills. It's not give out food. Those things are good. If you can help somebody along the way, that's what the Bible commands us to do is to help people and be good stewards of things around us of what God gave us. But our number one priority, our number one priority as a church is to preach the Word of God. That's what we do. All the other things that come in behind that, that's wonderful. Uh, I, 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 I think it's an honor and a joy to be able to help children, uh, to help people in the church. I love to do those things, to help people outside of the church that may never walk in the door. But that we have an obligation to preach the promised Word of God. And, and as Paul is writing to the young pastor Timothy here, he's telling him to preach the Word. Be ready for anything. Because folks, I, I, now I've been preaching a lot about the blessings of God over the course of several months now, and I know even in teachings, and we're right now we're going through Abraham and his life and talking about the promises of God. If there's two words I've taken away from these studies, it's been patience and promise, and there, there's promises all through the Word of God, but you have to rightly divide the Word. And we're going to divide it in a different arena this morning, and that is we're fixing to enter some very, very evil times. We're going to enter into uncertain times. 
This is not going to get better in the United States. It's not going to get better globally. Things are going to come unhinged. We're going to enter into days we never thought imaginable. If you would have told me back in, in the year 2000 of what we're going to see even right now, 22 years later, I would have thought no way possible. But you look, every pillar that this nation has stood upon has about collapsed. Marriage is a joke in this United States now. The churches are closing left and right. It's just about gone as a whole. And people are claiming they're watching through Facebook and social media. But I know what happens when you get home. Uh, Just truth and honesty and good is just about gone in our nation. Yes, there is a remnant. But I want to prepare you for what's coming. We have a divine charge to stand up more than ever in these last days that was given to the young pastor Timothy, and it's valid to every minister, it's valid to every Christian, it's valid to you, it's valid to those listening by radio, and that is to preach the Word of God without fear nor favor. You're to tell people the truth. I know what they're going to tell you. Oh, you're a hater, you're a racist, you're a white supremacist. Well, whatever. I'll let God be the judge of that. And But I, I have an obligation, I have an obligation to, to preach where we are having a famine of God's Word. There is a, in the Old Testament, it said there would come a day when there would be a, a famine of God's Word. People would look for it and wouldn't find it. And we're almost there. It, it, the, the statistic says that 88%, and it may be higher than this, of households in the United States have a Bible. They do. They have a copy of the Bible in their house. That's the statistics, and I believe that to be true. You think about how many Bibles you might see. But the problem is no one's reading it. They're not reading it and opening up. They'll read devotionals. Again, nothing wrong with devotionals. I think you should have a good devotional. But you have to have time where you open up the Word of God to see if what I'm telling you is the truth. And second problem is, and this is very scary and it's gotten worse in the last days, is the church itself no longer believes this right here. That they believe even the common basic stories of like Noah's Ark is a fable. They think it's a myth. Do you know Canada just passed a law this past week and they got to reading it and it will, the law itself, a government law, will dictate that much of what we know in the Bible is a myth. That's what it says. And it goes back to changing genders. We live in that day. The third problem and the most, the, this is probably the most concerning, it should be to you in this pulpit and this church, is that now we have preachers that are no longer declaring the truth of God's Word. They won't preach it because they're scared of attendance. I get that. I get why preachers do some of the things they do on a... Uh, uh, in my flesh, I understand why they're doing it, but on a spiritual level, they're no longer preaching the Word of God, and God does not recognize most of what are saying churches as churches anymore. When you quit declaring the truth in the pulpit, and you preach things that, to appease people's feelings, you're no longer preaching the truth of God's Word. Sure, you can bring out the truth of God's Word, the promises and the good things of God that we had to look forward to. But my friends, sometimes the Word of God cuts down to the, the, to the marrow of the bone. Sometimes it gets into places you don't want God to be. Sometimes the sin in your life is exposed. 
Sometimes God says you're wrong. Sometimes the word just cuts sometimes. We have to preach that word because it's God's word and not man's opinion. This Bible says we're all undone. This Bible says we're unclean before him. This Bible says we're in need of a Savior. And this Bible says also that our faith, simple faith in Christ and what he's accomplished, will save you. It will clean your sin-sick soul. God doesn't want anything of the old you. He wants a new creation. He wants to make you new. He doesn't need the old Pharaoh Wilson. He sure don't need what was happening before I was saved. God declares in his word what he is. He's honest. He's truth. He's God Almighty. He declares in his words what's acceptable. I'm sorry, but to my homosexual friends and my lesbian friends out there today, I love you as a human being, and I love enough to tell you that in God's word, what men and women are doing, the Bible said in Romans chapter 1, that they burned in their lust after one another, and doing that which is unseemly. And this is what Paul said. Paul said, and those that do such things are worthy of death. Meaning a spiritual death. Meaning that I'm sorry. You can say anything you want. You can declare anything you want. But you have to repent and come out of that sin. Because if you don't, you're not going to make heaven your home. It would shock you. It would shock you even in the Bible Belt. Even in the Bible Belt. How many churches are turning their doctrine around to accept homosexuality and lesbianism in their church and say it's okay. My friends, this Bible tells me what's acceptable and what's not. And that's what I'm going to go by. Even if it gets into where I'm living and says what Pharaoh's doing wrong, this is right. And I'm wrong. The Bible is 100% right. If you're the head of your household, if you're the man of your household, if you're a lady and you're the head, that's all you have and you're the head of your household, you have to be able to tell people in your house, this is what I'm accept and this is what I'm not going to accept. If you like it, great. Come along with me. Let's lock arms and do this together. But if it's not right, look, it's just not acceptable, and I'm not going to tolerate it. And even so more when it comes to the church. You know, they have programs and methods. Anthony was asking me about one that I was involved in when I first got in the church. And there's no doubt that some of these programs devised by men are pew fillers. It makes people feel good. They come in and, you know, when you see churches packing out this day and age, there may be something to God going on, but be careful what you're getting into. Be careful of what you're supporting. Just because they have church on their door outside does not mean that it's church. Um, Now, God's Word is an ultimatum. Do you know God's Word doesn't bargain with you? God's Word doesn't say, well, let's sit down and talk about what you want. God's Word is an ultimatum. You either choose to do it or you don't. It's, it's all, all Scripture is given by inspiration by God. But let's get this point clear this morning. This Word is infallible. It, it does, has no error in it. Before you even sit down to read the Bible, you have to understand this. Every single word, every punctuation mark in the Bible was breathed by God. 
It was breathed upon men by God Almighty. You can say that the Holy Spirit sat down and wrote the Bible. Now, I'm not talking about some bad translation. I'm not talking about some paraphrase. I'm talking about a good translation that comes from the original text. It is breathed by God. It is without error. There's no, you can't go in the Bible and say, well, I'm going to do some research with Google here, and I'm going to see if maybe this is true or not. Because when you set out to do that, you're going to end up in error. You have to know in your heart by faith, when I sit down and I read this Bible, there is absolutely no error in it whatsoever. It's not even questionable. That does not even come to the table. God's Word is 100% correct. There is not one mistake in the Bible. Not one. Not one. And it's profitable for doctrine. What does that mean? Let me read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. Back up just one chapter in your Bible this morning. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, or put woman there, the man or woman of God may be perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, how do I live this life, Brother Wilson? The Bible tells you. Doctrine is a very important thing in the church. First, we know this was inspired by God. He wrote it. This is God's Word. And it is good for doctrine. It tells us how to operate. Uh, We've got business people in here, and when you go to big businesses, they got manuals of how to operate their business and what they should do, how they uh, take care of their finances, how they take care of their customers, how they do things internally, dealing with people. This is our instruction manual for the church. This Bible is our instruction manual. It tells us what to do. It's your instruction manual. You'll see all the time people ask the question, what's the meaning of life? If you open this Bible, you'll figure out the answer. You'll figure out that you were born by God. You'll figure out that God created you and you are here to serve Him. That we get, so many Christians get this mixed up. I got, oh boy, I got things to do. I got my job to go do. I'm going to go take on two or three jobs and boy, God has blessed me, but I have no time for Him. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to witness. I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time to even come down there and write a check, support the church. I don't have time for all that. Well, you are in violation of God's Word. Because this instruction manual tells you the number one thing in your life. The number one thing is God Almighty. You put Him first before all things, and here's the great thing behind it. When you put Him first in all things in your life, Guess what? He's going to bless you wonderfully. He'll take care of your every need, everything you have here on this earth. When the disciples were going out and Jesus sent them to go preach the word, he told them, I'm sending you out. I want you to go declare the good news. And they got worried. And they said, well, what are we going to do about food? We don't even have the clothes to go out. He said, doesn't the father know if a little sparrow hits the ground? Doesn't he know these things? So now, don't you think he knows well enough to take care of you? Don't you think God knows what you're going through today? We got a family over here in, uh, by where Glenn lives. They have got a utter disaster in their life. 
I don't know that it could get any worse in someone's life, human life. I really don't. I've never seen things like that happen to a family, and I don't even know what to say to them. So if you think you're having a bad day, go over there and talk to them and hang out with them for a little while. Once again, thank you for listening to our broadcast. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Now, we ask you to help us keep bringing great Pentecostal messages to the world. Join us in our effort to reach the lost by supporting this ministry with a generous offering. We cannot do this unless people just like you give to help cover the costs. On the home page, click on how you can help. There you can give by credit card, debit card, or e-check. Let the Lord bless you and use you in your giving. Now, back to the message. My Saturday was awful. I want, my wife knows I was ready to just go home and shut the door and turn out the lights and go to bed and say, I've had enough today. And I got thinking about this family over here, and I said, you know, my little puny problems are nothing. God has all this under control. I need to quit having doubt. I need to have faith in Him and trust in Him. Look, I know you're doing the same things I do. We look at this world. We just want to throw our hands up and go home. Wait, what is it? What are we even come to church for sometimes? I mean, that thought comes across every one of our minds. And then you get a message from a lady in Texas that says, my name is Rhonda such and such, and I just want to let you know that listening to y'all's message, I accepted Christ as my Savior. Amen? It makes it all worth the while. We have to be, have the doctrine, the truth, and it's good for correction, instruction, and righteousness that you may be made perfect. But do you know, every one of you in here today, that when you accepted Christ as your Savior by, by faith in Christ and what He's accomplished at Calvary, that sacrifice, you were declared perfect by God. Perfect! I mean perfect. You're cleansed, you're washed, you're eligible for heaven. If you died right now, you're going to glory. You'll stand before Him perfect. I don't know why I can't answer this for you, but that doctrine... Eats the church world up. I think I have the answer, though. They want you to earn something. They want you to go out and, oh, well, surely to be holy now, Sister Sherry, you're going to have to dress a certain way. And Sister Jennifer and, you know, Shana, y'all going to have to come on in here and do certain things to be a woman. You men, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do and do and do and do. And then Christ becomes of no effect in your life. And then you've crucified Christ afresh and you said that his, his sacrifice is not, not good enough to save you. My friends, simple faith in what he's accomplished at Calvary will make you perfect. And then those things you need to be doing in your life to be that Christian, to walk in the light of the gospel will happen. It will happen by faith. The Holy Spirit will start leading you. It will even get that old religion out of you. Amen. It'll even make you sit down that phone and quit gossiping. Amen, Brother Wilson. It'll take them cigarettes out of your hand. It'll take that tinfoil out of your hand. It'll take that bottle out of your hand. And you didn't have to do anything but other than believe. And follow. You got to follow. Not many want the true word because man would rather live without being taught doctrine. Doctrine gets into your garbage. Doctrine gets into those areas of your life that you don't want exposed. I can promise you one thing about sin that I know. 
And I've seen it happen so many times. You play with sin long enough. It's like handling a rattlesnake. I'll tell you, what, when I see these, and it happened in the church of God, and they go up there handling them rattlesnakes. That's the stupidity on a level I can't explain. And I know I wouldn't want anything to do with it. But, when they, you know, they get by so many times handling them. Boy, they, oh, glory to God. Look at there. I handled that snake, man. God loved me. It almost reminds me spiritually of sin in our life. We're going out and grabbing these rattlesnakes. We're hanging on to them. Oh, it's okay. God don't care. Look at this. You're holding spiritually two rattlesnakes. And you keep playing with them. And you keep playing with them. You keep playing with them. And guess what happens? One day you get bit. One day you get bit. And all that that was in your life is exposed. And it comes out and you're embarrassed. God still loves you. It doesn't mean you just disqualified yourself from his kingdom like it but save yourself the problem god's doctrine it, it not the church of god doctrine not jimmy swagger not the assemblies of god doctrine in the bible is good for reproving you meaning correcting you it's an instruction for righteousness let's move on number four god will never fail you know this God's not going to fail one point in His Word. This Bible will hold true and to, through all time. When you get to... This is an awesome thought here. Do you know God's Word, this Bible, will still stand all the way through eternity? It's never going to fail. Randy, if you want to know what's going to happen to you when you leave this old world, it's right here. It tells you you're going to be standing around a throne. And Isaiah 55 and 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, but shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. That means when you declare your, this word, let me give you a great example. There's that family member you've been preaching to and preaching to and preaching to and they just are hard-headed and they won't listen and you think they didn't hear a word of it. What did God's word say? You declare it. That's all you've got to do. Your job is not to clean them. Your job is to catch the fish. You throw your bait out there. The bait's the word of God. I, we all understand this principle in the South. You, you go fishing and you cast the word out. And if, and if they take it and they accept it, it will do its intended purpose. But just because you go out there one day and you don't catch any fish, you don't quit uh, fishing, do you? When you have a bad day fishing, you don't hang it up with your rod and say, I'm never going back. You go back to there. You may even go back to the same fishing hole several times. And you may keep casting your rod and casting and casting it. And God's word said it will not come back void. Matthew 5 and 18, listen to what Jesus said. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no way pass in the law till all be fulfilled. What does that mean? The jot and the tittle in the Hebrew, you think of it as punctuation marks. It's the periods. It's the exclamation points. It's the hyphens. It's the colons. It's the semicolons. And what Jesus is saying even those will be fulfilled. This Bible is going to come true. Folks, if you read it right now, my friends, if you read this Bible, it is unfolding like reading a newspaper headline before your very eyes. We are in the last days. We're about to see the Antichrist rise to power. We're seeing this one world government flourish before our eyes. It was just not that long ago. The UN, 
the UN had put up a statue that was almost identical given to the vision of John in Revelation and talking about this beast. They had so much outcry from it and people were just comparing it. They took it down. I don't know where they put it, but they took it down this past week. It was that stunning of how... how um, it compared to what John seen, what he's seen in his vision. And whoever it is, the Antichrist will rise up through the UN. I fully believe that through the UN, I, we're not going to see it. But the Antichrist will rise up to power here very shortly. My opinion, strictly my opinion, no man knows the hour, but I believe the Antichrist is born in here on this earth. Everything, the stage is set. We are here. And we see what Paul was preaching at the beginning of the opening text when he said they're going to heap to themselves teachers in these last days. They don't want to hear this. They're going to have itching ears. They'll go pay a preacher to tell them what they want to hear. And they'll turn from the truth. But watch what God's Word said. They'll be turned into a fable. They won't exist. They will just merely be a memory in the near future. Now... Heaven and earth may disappear, but I promise you that everything in this Bible will be fulfilled. Last point, God's Word is full of promises for you. Yeah, we're in some bad times, and it's not going to get any better. We're in the last days of plagues and pestilence. We're in the time where there's wars and rumors of wars. China is rattling their sabers. Russia is testing this weak president we have right now. We have other countries. The whole world is just in complete turmoil and nobody on the uh, non-spiritual side of in government, in the worldly view, they don't know what to do. Right now as we speak, they've started again. Hamas has started launching uh, missiles again at Israel. There'll never be no peace there. Remember, not even just long ago, it's all it's Israel's fault. They don't want no peace. Just this past week, Hamas, right there in their, around schools and hospitals, they started launching missiles again at Israel. And it's going to only get worse. But God has promises for, for us even in these days. You've got to understand, God is not bound by man's promises, even though they may be said in His name. We had a chunk full of prophets that come up and said, Trump's going back into office. I hadn't heard an apology one from any of them that I know of. Hadn't heard apology one. They should have come out and said we were wrong. We should have never said that. God's promises are different than man's promises. God is only bound by his word and his promises that he guarantees in here. Man can only offer you hope in his puny programs. When men offer you something, when President Biden or whoever stands up in the office and says, we're going to get you help, we're going to do this for you, you just remember, those promises will more than likely fail. When people around you, even in the church world, promise you things that are outside of God's Word, they're probably going to fail. But God's promises never fail. And, it, and they're only, man's promises are going to bring disappointments into your life. That's why we don't preach anything but Christ and them crucified. Because I know things like celebrate recovery. When they're done with these things... When, there, when it gets to the end of it, and it may be years down the road, there's nothing but disappointment waiting. You ask me or Anthony or Gary how we overcome the things in our life we were addicted to. It wasn't by men. 
They didn't get over it by somebody offering a man's program because I think I, I think I can speak for Gary. I know myself that programs never brought any help. It only brought disappointment when it was all said and done. You know what gave us the victory? You know what gave you victory in your life? God's promises. His promises that He give you hope and life and give you an expected end by your faith and not by what you've done. It's all by faith, my friends. God promises every part of man's life and, listen, and death. There is promises in your life and there's promises in your death. Death we're going to face. We're facing it again here in this little small church world that we live in. But, you know, we're guaranteed protection and sanctification if we do it His way. You know, we look at death as defeat, but for the Christian, it's victory. And we're getting, here's the other side of this, and I won't shy away from this either. You're guaranteed blessings here on this earth if you do it God's way. If you are. This world may come unhinged out here, and the economy may collapse tomorrow, I don't know. But I'm going to have bread on my table. How do you know that? Because I've never seen his seed begging for bread. Amen. The whole world may come under. I, there's some, I don't know why it just comes to my mind. I'll tell it. I remember years ago, and it was right out when the, there was a tornado storm that started around the Starkville area, and it wasn't real bad, but when it crossed that Alabama border, it turned horrendous. This tornado was several miles wide, F5. It decimated everything in its path. There was no, it looked like a giant bulldozer went out there for miles and cleared everything out. And the news camera crew is out there, and there is one house standing, and it is an elderly black lady. And they, what did they ask her for, Brother Hartley? I don't know, but she told her. They said, why do you think your house was spared? And she, woo, let me begin to tell you, Jesus was with me in the middle of this storm. That, my friends, I don't care how bad it may be in this world around us, in this storm we're facing going on, Jesus is still in the midst of the storm. Jesus is, I'm feeling that this morning. Woo, that feels good. I'm telling you, Jesus is still in the midst of the storm. We've got one job to do in this storm, one job that we've got to focus on. Other things may happen, but we have to preach the Word. We have to be instant, in season and out of season. We have to reprove, we have to rebuke, we have to be long-suffering, and we have to preach the truth of God's Word. And we're guaranteed eternal life if we do it His way. Let's stand. Hallelujah. This brings us to the end of this sermon. Don't forget to help us in our effort to bring the message of the cross to the world. We need your prayers and financial gifts to make that happen. Also, be sure to check out our website schedule and prayer wall while you are here on Power of the Cross Radio. We stream great Christian music and sermons all day, every day. Again, thank you for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. Visit them on the web at cfministry.com.